Rock and Roll American Football Podcast. Absolute Radio. And it's another episode of Rock and Roll American Football. The, another episode just after another game in London. I'm Jay Lawrence. Joined today uh, by Sky Sports, Cameron Hogwood. Uh, Cameron, who's probably just in a post-London glow right now. Post-London NFL glow. Is that right? Oh, I couldn't have said any better. I'm just... <laughs> I'm still flying high after Sunday, just honestly. I think in a professional think... capacity and a fan capacity, it was just, uh, yeah, it was amazing. We had a chat, didn't we, after the first week, after the Giants went 1-0. And at that point, you were, as a Giants fan, like ridiculously happy and you were wearing your Giants jersey like every day, getting the most use out of it because you didn't think you'd be able to use it for very yeah. much longer. Honestly, that that I hope that jersey's been in the wash by now, mate. You're not wearing it every day. Oh, I'm lucky. I've got three, so I switch between them. There's, there's <laughs> yeah. enough kind of a couple of days a week that I get a good use out of a few of them. So yeah, I'm, I'm well set for a, a long run, if that's what we want to put together. Um, I guess, I mean, what we'll do today, mate, is we'll do what we usually do, is we'll go through a few things we want to chat about, whether it's about, uh, you know, what happened in uh, week five, or looking forward to, uh, looking towards week six, or anything else that you really want to talk about NFL related, and then we'll end on the uh, the week five quiz, uh, or the week five awards ceremony, um, as we yeah. always do. Um, we'll, we'll start by talking, though, I mean, we've got to start by talking about the second London game, the Green yeah. Bay Packers versus the, the New York Giants at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Um, I know that you were there. I was there as well. I mean, first of all, we'll, we'll talk about the game in a second, but just just tell me, as somebody that obviously follows the NFL, loves the NFL, is British, you know, what did that game sort of signify to you, do you think? What did that experience? I think uh, I was thinking about that today, actually, and I was kind of planning, do I want to write something or do something around this game? Because it just felt like a new bar raiser as far as the NFL in the UK and the NFL in Europe. And I just, when I say that, I mean that we look to reach new heights with the NFL international every year. And I think this is one of the the biggest things we've seen for that project in terms of expanding globally. And I just remember uh, I was coming through Liverpool Street about like nine o'clock, maybe I got there early and it was just filled with Packers fans, kind of cheese heads mm. all around London. And it was just, it was incredible to me to see that and to see, obviously we're used to, this rainbow of jerseys that everyone kind of talks about where you turn up in so many different colours to these London games, but it, it literally felt like a, a Packers home game. And that's no disrespect to Giants fans because Giants have a, a really great fan base in the UK, but just to see a, like a huge Packers fan base was pretty special to me. And to see a lot of them have travelled over from America as well, which is great. And just the, the atmosphere. I remember a lot of people asked the players after, what, what did you make of it? And Saquon Barkley said it was like a Penn State college football game. The atmosphere, <laughs> that was a really, that was, that was a cool that thing to That's a compliment, hear, that, isn't it? That is that's yeah. a compliment. Absolutely. I mean, we, a lot of people will never get to experience a college football atmosphere and it's, I, I'm, I'm yet to experience that myself, but I know, I know it's up there, one of the best sporting atmospheres you'll you ever experience from just watching it. And I think it was just the game itself, the occasion, uh, just the fans, like we said, the fans make these events often. And that was the case again. It was just a, an incredible day out. Just to hear the reception for Aaron Rodgers when he came out of the tunnel. Mm. That was like, I mean, that was like 
who who can I compare it to? Like a as a Liverpool fan, I'd be like Steven Gerrard come out of the tunnel in his heyday. Yeah, it was, it was that kind of special. And yeah, I mean, but I'm it's, sure it, 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 it's even more special than that, really, though, isn't it? Because if you think you know, yeah. if you're only because you know, if Steven Gerrard plays at Anfield back in his heyday, you see him every week. But this is the yeah, one yeah. time. This is the one time you see. There isn't really a comparison, you know. Um, you know, you can pick another NFL uh, player like you know Tom Brady, whoever, but. This is a situation where there are tens of thousands of people that will probably never see Aaron Rodgers play again. This is the yes. one time they see him play. So they are going to really show their you know, feelings, their affection, their love towards him. And it, it felt like, it felt like a, a slightly warmer Lambeau field. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was crazy. And, and the other thing, and actually I said this last week, when I was talking about Minnesota Vikings um, versus New Orleans Saints, and I said that this was the first time last week was the first time that I felt like, um, you know, we are, as you say, we're used to seeing a rainbow of jerseys and all these you know different teams that people support and all of that. Um, but it was the first time that I saw a lot of jerseys for the teams that were playing, like more than yeah. you'd expect at a UK game. So I saw a lot of Vikings jerseys pr- uh, predominantly. Yeah, I saw some Saints jerseys, don't get me wrong, but a lot of Vikings jerseys. And that was just dialed up to the extreme this time. It was just Packers Central. Yeah, and I think the other thing that really stood out to me was where I was sat in the press box, I was kind of next to the tunnel where fans would come out. And like throughout the game, I think a couple, a few times you, you'll see maybe towards like midway through the third quarter, towards the end of the third quarter, fans will start to kind of not lose interest, but they'll start talking amongst themselves if the game isn't great. But I literally saw for for the entirety of the game, people on the edge of their seats and kind of throwing every pass with Daniel Jones as they're on that comeback and kind of making every field yeah. goal. Like there was a guy next to me who kind of was just, he, he went out to go to the toilet, I think, and turn around and just couldn't bring himself to take himself away from the game. And it was really, really cool. It was kind of just, and then I think it was like a, it was a late down situation for the Giants and I don't think they converted. And he was just like, he was screaming. He was just so furious. I was like, wow, that's, that's like, this is, he was reacting how uh, a Premier League fan would react to seeing his team miss a chance. And I think that is testament to, to how the fan base has grown and, yeah, it was just there. I even saw like there was a Green Bay fan, a lady that came out, had obviously travelled from Green Bay. She came up for the tunnel and I know you see the videos of like a dad would take his kid out and he's like gobsmacked in the stadium for the first time. Mm. But it was, it was literally like that. She, she couldn't believe <laughs> the stadium or that she was there and or like how loud it was. It was, yeah, it was just it was so amazing. loud. It was yeah, crazy oh. loud. Like, I, I was trying it's to... Not- to get ready to work at the start and I just I literally could not concentrate like I couldn't couldn't do anything I was useless for a half an hour (laughs) you just have to enjoy it I mean it's a um I'm glad that one of us could see their team win at uh, Tottenham Hotspur (laughs) Stadium by the way um um, it's a it's an incredible stadium and I I, you know I don't mean to like repeat myself because I definitely said this last week as well when it's something but um it's really something that as uh, NFL fans, we we need to sort of appreciate really as well because that the investment and this was obviously years ago, but the investment that they put into that that ground in order to facilitate NFL teams, which meant that the um, there there is uh, it is easy for the NFL to you know to to to, to uh, play games here, not having to, to you know jump over these logistical issues and everything like yeah. that. I've, I saw today at, at Wembley they're doing it, they're sorting it all out today at Wembley. But at Wembley, oh, wow. obviously, it's going to be a, a bit more difficult because 
that it's not as if they can just retract the field or anything like that. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's a bit more difficult. That's for the Jags game playing the, the Broncos, which initially I thought would be a really exciting game to see. And now I'm just thinking, I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, I mean, the other thing I just want to speak about, we will speak about the game, uh, you know, briefly as well, but I want to speak about something that Roger Goodell said, actually. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you saw this. I'm sure you saw this over the last week. I mean, there's got, if you haven't written an article about this, uh, I was about to say, I was about to say, it's pr- that's prime Sky Sports UK NFL material. Um, yeah. talking about the fact that, look, it is slightly clickbaity of him, I'm sure. And it's, I don't see, see anything happening in the, the near future, but talking about the prospect of not only a team in Europe, which I'd already given up on, to be honest, thinking that they weren't really that wasn't a priority, but potentially a division in Europe, which is, I don't know, I was slightly surprised to hear him come out and say that. To be honest, what did you think, Cam? I, I was the same. I was, uh, I think, initially I was like, oh, has he been caught up in kind of the London fanfare where he's got a bunch of British fans staring at him on stage and he's he's trying to seek seek a, a cool line that will get him excited. Um, it's fun, obviously, to hear that that, that could happen, but I, I think I, I kind of said it last year. I think it's kind of bigger than that now where I, I'm probably more for things like playing a game in Germany, uh, maybe one day playing a game in Ireland rather than mm. bringing a team over here. And just that I say that as someone who who loves Premier League football, I love Liverpool, and the thought of taking a team taking Liverpool away from me, even though I can't go to many games because of where I live and logistics and stuff like that. I I, I would empathise with a fan base were they to lose a team and for a team to come over here. I've no I've no doubts over a team over the UK. What about expansion have- though? Because that's what I thought. Did you I mean did I think differently to you? I assumed he meant yeah, no, an expansion yeah, exp- a new division rather than a you know Yeah, this is the thing I wasn't too sure that he meant whether he meant bringing a couple of teams, bringing teams to play in Europe regularly or kind of forming new teams. I, I, I yeah. kind of lent towards the kind of bringing existing teams over, which I wasn't Oh, well, that's different. Kind of... My opinion is changes dramatically if uh, if that's... I, yeah, I agree actually, with you. You were kind of new yeah. teams. Were you kind of thinking new teams? I was thinking new teams because purely because of what you just said is I didn't even consider the fact that... They, I mean, yeah, okay, I can see maybe potentially a team, you know, Jacksonville being the obvious one, obviously. Um, yeah. That's that's what's been talk, talked about for years. I I would be... There would be riots if they took a division. <laughs> I can't right. see that happening. Now, an expansion of another division, potentially, but then, but then the other thing about that is that either you go... And it, so, so if you were to expand and, and create another division, by doing that, you are taking a gamble, a big risk, because you're not taking one team over. And then worst case scenario is it doesn't work and you can just take them back, you know, move them to a different city in the US, like we've seen lots of, you know, lots of times. But you are, you are taking four teams or whatever, and you're creating them. What happens if it, if it doesn't work or if logistics or if popularity wanes? Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, yeah, a, for sure. it's a gamble that I I can't I personally find it difficult to imagine happening within the next 20 years yeah I agree I, I always thought that the more we kind of spoke about the last few years the more of a long shot it felt like that we'd yeah. ever get teams in Europe and I think I spoke to Jack Crawford at the um the International Combine last week and he was kind of 
kind of crying out for maybe not an NFL Europe rehash, but something similar where where we've now got kind of the the knowledge and the fan base across Europe to, to support an, an NFL Europe type league where obviously back in the day they had the, the Berlin uh, was it Berlin Fire or, or Rain Fire Berlin Thunder sorry yeah, Rain Fire, yeah. Uh, yeah Frankfurt Galaxy I think it was and obviously London Monarchs I wouldn't be surprised Rain if we stopped that at some point again that, that, that could potentially be something that that comes back given given how big it's got and obviously <laughs> the obvious demand for American football and if we're looking at kind of we want to look even broader that's your easy route into NFL Academy players going to play yeah. professional football potentially one day so yeah, but I, I wasn't. I, d- I didn't want to buy it too easy on Goodell's quotes, even though I jumped at the chance to write up for Sky Sports because <laughs> how I make my money. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> that is no, literally that, that happened, and you must have thought, "Well, that's an article. That's done. I don't well, need to think too hard about this." <laughs> yeah, like, so Neil Neil to uh, Neil Reynolds obviously doing the interview, so a great line, a great get from Neil. And uh, yeah, yeah it would be interesting to see. I mean, look, they clearly the NFL loves Europe. I think that's very clear. And I think what they've done over here is amazing to, to build this fan base that we've got now. And look, I think uh, it'd be interesting to see how they start to balance out these London and Germany games because I'm wondering if it'll get to a point where it'd be a more even share where, say, Germany are hosting three a year and we're hosting two one year and or we get three and yeah. they get two. That's what I'm quite interested to see how that develops and whether another country will come into it. I mean... I wouldn't be surprised if Ireland come into it, even though they're the home of kind of college football, or even just across Europe. It's it's honestly incredible how big the sport's got. So that that's probably where I'd look to more to see what happens next. I spoke to, um, and we won't stay on this for long, so I, I did speak about this last week. Well, it wasn't my idea. I had uh, Nels Hilton from Radio 1 on last week talking about um, when we spoke about international games, when we spoke about all of that. And uh, he, he came up with an idea which made so much sense that I felt a little bit thick for never considering it. So if it's if it's seventeen games right now mm. that, um, that an NFL team plays, um, obviously they have to like they, they do eight home games one year. Then uh, is that right? Yeah, eight and then nine. Am I doing that right? My maths is completely wrong. No, that's yeah, right, I'm, isn't it? Eight home yeah, eight home yeah. games one year, and then nine the next, and, and or something like that. So um, or seven, whatever. My maths is crap. Um, so. <laughs> What if every NFL team had eight at home, eight away, one international game? Every NFL team. Yeah, that that's yeah. I would never thought that actually. Uh, just just through just through it all, it's seeming it's almost like it's almost like if you compare it to a few years ago, it's like a bonus game that seventeenth game. So that yeah. could be the one international game. Are we now, thinking you need to have? Go on. Are we thinking kind of what kind of weeks are they playing these games? Because I guess it comes yeah. into a, a safety thing where what is the turnaround between games like? Like we talk about uh, the turnaround between Sunday and Thursday night football if you're playing. I guess that's a safety concern. I, I, I imagine that's something that will come into something like that without being the... Uh, oh, I'm the not the schedule maker, Cam. Come on. I know what you mean. I, I think that it's something that would they would 100% consider if it got to that point. I mean, how many yeah. do we have? We have uh, f- just five, five international games this year. One in Mexico, yeah. three in the UK, and, and one in Germany. And I met, and it will change. Germany will have more than one. I've got uh, probably from next year. Um, so yeah. 
and whether that means that the UK had two, I don't know. But um, yeah, anyway, it's uh, I always think it's quite interesting. It's almost like a, a checkpoint every year with the international games and all of that. And it just means that you can sort of have a, um, you can sum up the status of the NFL. And it's when you get quotes like that, that you realize, Okay, well, you know, priorities may be changing or or whatever. Um, We'll just literally, we've spoken about all of that for about 15 minutes. So we'll just um, (laughs) quickly give me your uh, thoughts on the Packers and the Giants from the game. Oh, wow. I mean, that first half, it had every bit of makings of a kind of Packers runaway victory, I think. They they seem to kind of... The Giants wanted to to kind of skip Saquon Barkley onto the outside, be it in a run or kind of a screenplay situation. They tried it a few times and Packers linebackers was kind of matching them stride for stride. And Aaron Rodgers just kind of that touchdown to, to Mercedes Lewis was so well designed. It just looked set up for a, a really controlling Packers victory where the Giants couldn't really get anything going because of the Packers dominance. And suddenly in the second half, I think uh, that first Packers drive, Dexter Lawrence had that that third and eight sack and that really swung momentum, I think, to the Giants. And Daniel Jones, I think all the talk had been all week about him kind of sh- shaking off this injury and playing tough and carrying his team. And I think we we saw that firsthand at the weekend. He he was excellent. I, I mean, some of the play calling from, from Mike Kafka was great, really opened up the Giants offense. And uh, one of my favourite moments of the game actually is when Saquon broke away for kind of that, I think it was that 40-yard catch and run where he kind of threw in like a duke and left the Packers defender on his backside. That was, that the atmosphere then was incredible. And I think this was by far the biggest moment of Brian Dable's Giants career, the yeah. biggest statement he's made. Statement, and, that's the word, you're right. Yeah, yeah statement. And just this team is playing for him and he's, they are getting every ounce out of what is not a great roster. I mean, in, in no disrespect to Darius Slayton, he, he hadn't played more than 19% of snaps the first two games of the season. He comes in and, and does an excellent job as kind of the Giants' splash play option through the air. And yeah, the defence as well, Wink Martin Dow has got them playing some lights-out defence with, with these blitz packages. And just it looks like a team. It looks like a, a team that's come together, has an identity now. And I mean... I'm not saying I wasn't shocked at the result because <laughs> I was, but just, yeah, the most impressive Giants performance and comeback I've seen in a few years, actually. I was slightly surprised by some of the Packers' play as well, purely um, there was one series, which I don't know if it was necessarily what swung it for me, but it con- it confused me slightly. I believe it was a Packers three and out, maybe at the end of the third quarter or the beginning of the fourth quarter. Aaron Rodgers tries three fairly long distance throws and none of which pan out none of which work play cool in there slightly confused me um and more than anything else it's sort of I don't know I I don't think that we as you know fans in the UK got that quintessential Aaron Rodgers experience that we necessarily wanted to either yeah that's a really good shout actually that was probably not a disappointment but you want to see one of the greatest of all time play like the, one of the greatest of all time. And yeah. I'm not, we didn't see the best Aaron Rodgers. There's no doubt about that. And I was surprised by a couple of the, um, there were a few, a few wobblers in there. I mean, from mm. that first half performance, he was getting the ball out so quickly and looked so quite a few tick balls as well. So credit to Giants for that as well. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, it, it was a shame. Not that I'm going to complain too much. Oh, you're complaining as a Giants fan. Sorry, yeah, I'm not complaining. Yeah, I think um, we'll have to pay pay credit to that Giants defence. They really began to put the pressure on and, and get into the backfield. And like we say, 
those tip passes came from blitzing and, and being brave, which is how you need to play against the Packers team. Um, we'll move on to, uh, I mean, something that, that's big that's happened in the NFL in the last couple of days. Now, I'm a, um, I'm a Bake Off fan, Cam. Mm. Do you watch Bake Off? Oh, of course. Obviously, yes, yeah. okay. I feel like the whole of the country watches Bake Off, and if they don't, then they're a liar or they're purposely not watching just out of spite. So th- th- this is my analogy, right? In 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 Bake Off, a lot of the time people uh, underbake, uh, mm. they overbake, or it's just right. I mean, those are really your three options when you're baking, yeah. right? Um, can I get your judgment on to on you know underbaked, overbaked, just right? Too late, too soon, just right. Carolina Panthers fire their head coach, Matt Rule. I'm guessing overbaked is maybe we've waited okay. too long. Right? I'm yes, guessing way too long, yeah. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say overbaked. And yeah. Do you want me to elaborate on the overbaked? Yeah, elaborate, please go. I think they they're looking at the oven door and they're <laughs> The oven door's a bit blurry. Sorry, I wasn't expecting this. Keep going, keep uh, going. <laughs> they're, uh, they're not too short, but they're quite looking at And it's one of those oven doors where it, it probably needs a bit of a clean and they're not, yes. they're kind of squinting and do they bring it out? Do they keep it in there? And maybe they just waited a little bit too long and Paul Hollywood's kind of giving you this dirty look at the end of it because that's it. clearly I've baked it. And yeah, back to normal speaking terms. I'd, um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I felt sorry for him because... He turned two college programs around, came in as, as this highly touted coach, young coach who could, who could kind of galvanize an entire franchise. And it was that, that golden rule, that golden Matt rule, that you need um, you need a quarterback to thrive in the NFL. You, you can't you can't progress mm. if you don't find your your long term starting quarterback. And that was what undone him in the end. Because when you look across the roster, it's by no means the worst roster in the league. And I just think the what, I, what I've loved actually since not to pile on to him because I think he's getting forty odd million dollars anyway from the Panthers. But um, the, the kind of Black Friday sale that seems to have happened now at Carolina, where people are phoning up and queuing at the door for all their best players, I found hilarious. And it's just uh, I, I can't remember if I've ever seen someone like that. I think it's because you don't get firing so early in the season. Yeah, but yeah. It's, I do think there there is a team there once they get the right quarterback and. Maybe that's so we've been saying that. So that's the problem, though. That's the, you know yeah. everyone's been saying that. I've been saying that. You know, if I, you've been saying that. I'm sure for literally over two years. They've had Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Darnold, now Baker Mayfield. Have I missed anybody? No, I think that's about it. So they tried EJ Walker for a little bit, didn't they? They tried him. Um... Yeah, he'll probably be playing this weekend as well yeah, because, of, because of injury. <laughs> yeah, but the. Uh, you're right. Uh, and that's the thing is that whilst your argument, I think, is sound in the respect of it is all about the quarterback. If the person that is making those decisions has made the wrong choice three times. Yeah. What do you do? Yeah, that's the thing. I guess that's it? a rhetorical it's question or not. I'm not really sure, but <laughs> you're it not David a... Tepper. <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a cutthroat league, isn't it? And I think you, you only got get so many opportunities to find the guy. And I think that's why, not to bring it back to the Giants, it's such a, a difficult decision now, depending on how Daniel Jones plays this season, as to whether they, they stick with him at the end of the year because he's in a contract year. And if you stick with him and pay him, you're now kind of putting your eggs in one basket again. 
And what if you've got it wrong? It's such a it's such a hard decision to make unless you have a Patrick Mahomes or it's so glaringly obvious you've got yeah. this generational player. And it's a it's a make or break decision for a head coach, which is really unfortunate for Matt Rule. I mean, he'll walk into another college job, I imagine. But it's just uh, that is it just goes to show how important that position is and that that argument and maybe it's the most important position in any sport in the world in terms of winning and making making money. Um, I want to bring up something I saw yesterday. Now you mentioned the whole like you know Black Friday sale of their players and stuff. Uh, I did see that um, though it's been refuted by other journalists. To mm. be fair. One Buffalo Bills reporter saying that uh, the Bills had been in touch with the Panthers for uh, the the star running back Christian McCaffrey, who, when healthy, is undoubtedly one of the best players in the league. Um, mm. The funny thing is, as I I, I mean, this isn't this isn't just because of Bills fans or whatever. I'm sure that every team would do this in their own sort of way. Is that Christian McCaffrey is well known as one of the best playmakers in the league? you know, when he's healthy. Now, when you look at all of these replies on Twitter, it's people being like, it is people saying like, um, I reckon we could get it done for Zach Moss, Zach Moss and a fourth rounder. And I'm like, no, I, people, people have too high a uh, love, I think for their own players or whatever. Yeah. If I was a Carolina Panther fan and I'd just traded away Christian McCaffrey for Zach Moss and a fourth <laughs> rounder, I would be livid. Oh, absolutely. I think, what what is McCaffrey playing on? Like a $64 million contract? Is that near enough 19 million average every year and you're getting Zach Moss on a fourth round pick? Yeah. And that, that how does that help you rebuild? In what's exactly. in any way whatsoever? Yeah, just, it's funny. And it's funny that people are like, it's not even just one person. It's so many people just saying, <laughs> I reckon we could get it done for a, for, you know, whoever and a fifth rounder it's like no you you, you can't like this is a one of the best players in the league that is on an expensive contract though as you say and has injury issues but still um before we get to the the awards uh ceremony <laughs> the fifth what is it, week five awards ceremony that you're getting yeah. excellent at giving out by the way um is there anything else that you, you you feel the real urge to uh to speak about over the last you know few days in the nfl or a few days coming up I was going to say Taysom Hill, but I can't do Taysom mm. Hill like two, twice in three weeks. I just, I can't. Yeah, I think we'll save him. Okay. But just a quick word on him. What, I mean, what a performance. Like that, that guy is, that is a way to make a living in the NFL. And I'm I'm happy to see him put like kind of a historic game together like that. But um, kind of sticking with that Seahawks Saints game, Geno Smith, I mean, can you call it the comeback story of the year? Did he has he come back from anything? I'm not sure there's enough to have come yeah. back from. But it's just Good when point. we look at kind of the we, we kind of I kind of when I'm writing articles, I follow an, an EPA per play chart which basically measures efficiency. And he's third in the league among quarterbacks in terms of quarterback efficiency. And it's it's honestly ridiculous how well he's playing when you're considering he's been a backup for how many years? The last decade, or not decade? Yeah, last but decade. Really. Well, nearly years. decade. Yeah, yeah. And he got drafted to, to, in 2013, to, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. And to, I think it was a touchdown pass to Tyler Lockett at the weekend. It was just yeah. if Mahomes had made that pass, we we're all going berserk over it because yeah. the touch, the position, kind of the, the pocket feel, was just everything you'd want in your starting quarterback. And he's put them. In, he'll put them in such a difficult position now because if he keeps playing like this to the end of the year. What the hell do they do when they keep it? Uh, obviously, they, they go and draft a quarterback, but yeah. they, they 
start him for another year if he plays like this and then bring Bryce Young, whoever they draft in the following year. And it's almost like you have to bring it back to the Russell Wilson trade. And who's winning that at the moment? <laughs> Seattle are laughing their way to winning that deal, given how they've played. And just around them as well, the Seahawks rookie class are balling out. I mean, Tariq Willen, the, the cornerback, is incredible. Uh, Kenneth Walker, we saw him kind of break away for that touchdown, has been playing great. We're playing more that. as well now with Sean Penny's injured as well. Big role. And just the Seahawks team, I really probably wrote off before the season started as as a rebuild year. wasn't. And you kind of look at the battle between Drew Locke and Geno Smith, you're like, oh, that's like the last quarterback battle you want, really, in training camp. And suddenly Geno Smith is the third best quarterback in the NFL. And it's amazing. Well, I mean, it's funny because I literally had written down a few things to talk about, one of which was Geno Smith, MVP. Um, but <laughs> what, what's interesting if you're a Se- Seahawks fan, or actually not even interesting for us if you're a Seahawks fan, but if you're a part of the organisation, is that um, you were on a you, you were criticised in the off-season and it meant that if the Seahawks didn't play well, and in particular if your quarterback, whoever that may have been, it's obviously Geno Smith, didn't play well, then you would get criticised because you should have done more in the off-season. And now what's happened is, uh, granted they're two and three now, so then you know they don't have a winning record by any means, but because they have some good things happening, particularly in the quarterback room, you know, what does head coach Pete Carroll, what do people, what do people see of him right now? Yeah. People see, see people look at him posit- positively compared to, to literally how they did about six weeks ago. You know, Geno Smith could, could now become, if, if for the rest of the year he became a slightly below average NFL quarterback, I yeah. still don't think that anybody could criticize what the Seahawks did in the quarterback room for this particular season. Going ahead, obviously, you know, it's up to them if they stay with him or, or not. But, you know, I had, as I say, I had uh, Nels Hilton on last week. He's a Seahawks fan. Uh, he is perfectly fine with the situation <laughs> <laughs> that happened in regards to um, Russell Wilson moving to uh, to the Denver Broncos. And as I said earlier, um, should be seeing them in a couple of weeks' time. And I don't know why, I just don't feel quite as excited as I did about six weeks ago. Um uh, is yeah, not gonna not gonna be quite as enjoyable, I think. Um, or maybe it will. Maybe they'll. I mean, that's the other thing, actually. Uh, just actually, okay, right. You remember a few weeks ago that I gave you that analogy, didn't I? Do you remember this when I gave you the analogy of about Nathaniel Hackett, the Denver Broncos head yes, coach? Will he become Roy Hodgson? Do you remember this? I do, of course. Now, Roy Hodgson. Just to recap, Roy Hodgson got appointed Liverpool manager. Uh, had new owners just you know a, a few months after he actually was appointed. Didn't do very well, and then got sacked halfway through the season. Now, do, do you think that there is more uh, credence to my opinion than you did maybe two weeks ago? They could be the same. I do, yeah, and I think the Matt Rule firing won't have helped him because when one team fires a head coach, it's almost like the race begins for the next head coach and, and the Broncos, if that's going to happen, they don't want to get left behind, And I, I imagine. Mm. And yeah, I I can see it happening. Whether it'll be you know what? Go on. before London, I don't think it'll be before London. No, but no, 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 no. I would not be surprised if they flew back from London and he can't get into the Broncos door of the facility and he's like, my code's not working, guys. And I'm like, well, <laughs> you don't have a code anymore, Nathaniel. I'll just do one prediction before we get to the awards ceremony. I'll just do one prediction. 
Um, the only I don't think he'll get sacked this season because I just think that they'll do it at the end of the season if they're going to do it. Unless this is a big unless they get a mm. whiff that Sean Payton would be interested in taking the Denver Broncos job mm. because if yeah. they if they got rid of Nathaniel Hackett and that they're basically it means that they are the only team to have a have that Sean Payton might be interested in. Whereas if it's in January. There might be multiple. I could see that happening because Sean Payton, he isn't going to go somewhere that is uh, that, that there are no prospects, and he'll look at that and be like, "Well, actually, you know what? Russell Wilson is still uh, he 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 has been a world class quarterback. He can be again with my help. I wouldn't be surprised." So there we go. That's my prediction. Yeah, I think that's the one to keep an eye on. For. The week. I need to. What week are we on? Week five. The week five what? awards ceremony. Are you ready to give out some awards of uh, names of which I literally just thought of about, you know, thirty six minutes ago? I am. I've got my suit and tie on. I'm ready. <laughs> ready for the ceremony. Okay. Um, do you have any like uh, funny liners that you would like to uh, to to give to the crowd just as you're about to read out the nominations? No, I'm going to think Okay, great, brilliant. Okay, great. Um, okay, we are go with the award ceremony. The winner of What a Surprise Award goes to... I say Giants. I mean, a bit cliche, but definitely Giants. The What Are They Playing At Award. Mm, I don't... I say the Bears, uh, Amir Smith-Marset... Kind of getting stripped by the Vikings, uh, relating that game. As I just get out of bounds, man, and you got a chance to win the game. And no, he got stripped and Vikings won. The down but not out award. Hmm. I'll say the Dolphins. Even though they started the season well, They've had a couple of tough weeks. I think they'll be out, but close behind. Uh, I think the um, Rams will come back. Um, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I'm looking for a Rams kind of resurgence. It's been a rough start, but um, I think they they'll come back at some point. Uh, and contrastedly, uh, the All Hope Is Lost award. The Steelers. The Steelers. Oh, hey. Oh. <laughs> um, I don't. Want, I mean. I think that offense is abysmal to watch, and I feel sorry for a bit sorry for Kenny Pickett because he's kind of been thrown in there now. I just think I think they'll be looking for a new OC at the end of the year. I don't think it's quite worked with Matt Canada. And it doesn't help when your defense is kind of slug, sluggish as well without TJ Watt, and I just think Steelers are in trouble. And finally, the I would be perfectly fine if we never speak of this again award. <laughs> I say, I say Devontae Adams pushing, yeah, um, and that's less because it's not a pathetic thing to do on his part, but more so that, um, yeah, it's, you don't want to see that thing in the NFL. I did actually see just before we started recording that uh, there has been um, a, what was it, a, it, it's, it's gone to the police. Devontae yeah, Adams, at the end of the, the Las Vegas Raiders game, pushed a uh, a cameraman of some sort or a, a, a member of the press with a camera, 
pushed him to the floor because he got in his way and he's obviously frustrated. Devontae Adams has apologised afterwards and, and, and all that. But yeah, it's uh, not nice, is it? I want to add one more thing on to the end of that last one. I just remembered. I don't want to see another awful rough in the particle because we've had two this week, maybe more than two. We saw the one in the, the Falcons box game on Brady of great Grady Jarrett, and we saw Chris Jones last night for for the Chiefs. And the refs are ruining the games at the moment with these decisions. So yeah, better rough in the particles, please. We are one more away from them doing something about it. I think. Because it'll be like, if it yeah. happens, if, if there's one more this week, they'll just like, they'll just be like, okay, yeah, we're just going to, we'll get, we'll make it a uh, reviewable call or something like that. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, they, 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 they tried it with pass, passing, their uh, pass interference and that didn't work, did it? Uh, but you're right. Those were some, if you remember, actually, just really, just really quickly on this, there were a mm. lot of roughing the passer calls at the beginning of, I don't think it was last year. Might not have even been the year before that. Two or three years ago, there were a lot of roughing the particles at the beginning of the season, um, and there, there was a big uproar about how they were given too much, and then they just sort of stopped, <laughs> stopped giving them yeah. as much. I think it's without going into the depths of a serious situation. I think you have to kind of separate that and the tour situation, which I think might might play a part in why we're yeah, seeing yeah, these. But, but they're very protective over quarterbacks for, for, for good reason but it's maybe it's a little bit of an overreaction but it's important to to kind of separate the two and and, and realize football for what it is and it's yeah. the most physical brutal sport in the world probably so yeah that's just a, something something that probably needs addressing by the commissioner i imagine and that was the week five awards presented by i don't know a fictional sponsor uh cam thank you so much for uh for for hosting the awards uh, and for joining me today on the rock and roll american football podcast um so nice for of you to join me thank you for having me pleasure the rock and roll american football podcast absolute radio